All right, welcome to the Illuminate Faith Podcast, and we are here uh, with this episode live at uh, Pierce Williams United Church Center outside London, Ontario, and we're with some incredible young people at the Youth Forum event here. Lots of energy here, so we're excited to be here. We're going to have a discussion about uh, uh, engaging young people in a life of faith and uh, young folks uh, within the church. Uh, We'll hear some voices uh, later on here, but uh, with me as always is... Doug Peck. And Isaac Mundy. And I'm Dave Exley, and we're excited to be here. So we're going to open up and, and just talk a little bit about uh, stories uh, related to engaging young people in the life of faith. And I'm wondering if either of you have a, a story that uh, you'd like to share. Yeah, you know, over the last little bit, I've been really lucky to have this experience of uh, working at an open mic coffee house in London, Ontario. And I talked about it a couple episodes ago, but I was thinking I'd just like break it down a little bit more because it's been really neat going out into the community uh, to be able to meet with young people. Because I think that um, a lot of the time in terms of our mentality in the church, we've we've gotten into the habit of thinking about, okay, how do we bring people to where we are? And whether we're um, sort of in a... In, older generation or a younger generation thinking like, okay, we're going to be in the actual physical space of wherever our United Church is. But what has been really fun has been going out to um, partner with a couple different community groups to put on this uh, open mic coffee house and see where we can find common ground to be able to meet with people of, I mean, people from our church come out, but there's also people who come from different faith backgrounds or no faith background. And it's kind of this place of dialogue and and what's been really great is it's been able to help us reflect on both um, what we're doing within our own community, but then also what we're what's going on in the wider world and what we can learn more about from the wider world. So, and we have a lot of folks from different high schools in London that come out to it. So, I'm really loving doing that. It's been really fun. That's great. Uh, honestly, to answer the question, Dave, I've I've never seen youth ministry so powerfully done as as uh, w- when I had a couple years in experiencing uh, youth forum in London Conference. Just the the whole idea of of getting a good group of of youth away from things in a campground in a in a trusting setting in a, in an atmosphere where you play games, you have fun, you meet a lot of people, and just a lot of bonding occurs. And and as an extension of that. Uh, a lot of trust is fostered to be able to to explore faith questions, and it just seems to naturally happen through just building friendships, good relationships, and and something that I love as an extension from that, having seen it over a few years, is just the just the real intense, long lasting friendships that that arise from that. Yeah, experience. it's. It's really a remarkable story. I mean, looking out, we're, we're, we've got a whole bunch of young people in here, and I'm wondering like. How are you here? <laughs> this is the church. I mean, we're supposed to be uh, a an institution that's dying. It's amazing that you're here, and uh, so we want to hear those stories and things. But uh, how has the week been for, or the weekend been for you so far? <laughs> we're just going to be playing to that, I think, the entire time, right? <laughs> just looking for that audience response, that's right? That's right. Um, yeah, I think for me, any any moment uh, that I've had, and I've had many years of working in youth ministry, it seems like those times that you're on retreat 
are the best times, uh, the times where we have an extended time together. You know, it, it's certainly there are events that uh, you can gather for a couple of hours and really make a, a connection with another person. But there's something about being away, uh, whether it's in the wilderness, uh, like we are here out, uh, outside of London, Ontario, uh, or I've, you know, we used to run a camp when I was involved in a church uh, in Pennsylvania up up in the Poconos, we'd take 150 kids from grade six all the way up to grade 12, and it was an incredible uh, time, and what developed the relationships that developed over the course of the week, not only between the youth uh, and, and other youth, but also between the youth and the adults that were present there as well. It was just remarkable to see uh, how deep those relationships went and how strong the bonds are even today, years after uh, they've, uh, they've left and, and graduated out of, of that world. I think that one of the key things for me is to recognize that there's a great misunderstanding as it relates to engaging young people in the church. And that is, I think that there are many people who think that, well, youth ministry is just optional, right? I don't necessarily have to do youth ministry if I'm a minister or if I'm a church. That can be something that is optional. You know, you either tick that box or you don't. And I love what uh, Kenda Creasy-Dean from uh, Princeton Seminary says about youth ministry when she says it's not a a subset of real ministry, it is uh, real ministry. And I think that's such a key piece. And so the more that we can engage in events like this, uh, like Youth Forum, and keep them going, I think the better, right? Don't you think we should be keeping these... Hand response there, right? <laughs> yeah, and you know, I feel like too, like being able to talk with you guys and to talk with other folks who are going through some of the questions that a lot of you guys are facing, it's not as if it's, uh, like sometimes I think in the church we can get to this point where we think it's almost like this junior type of ministry, but really, like you guys are facing questions of call and vocation and what am I going to do with my life? And that's so much to the place of where so many of Jesus' disciples were, was being in this place of, do I follow this guy who um, is talking about this radical new way of living and being in relationship with other people and with God? And you guys really have the opportunity to make some big choices right now. And I think that sometimes, you know, as you get older, it's it's harder sometimes to be able to enter into that place of saying, I'm going to follow. I'm going to I'm going to do something different. I'm going to move in a different way of of following that sense of call. And so I think that we as a whole church can really learn from the journey that you guys are walking. And so I really appreciate that in terms of uh, being able to do youth ministry. Just just a small point that I, I'm thinking of just in this conversation. I heard a, an interview with Rafi not too long ago where he talked about the importance of of really feeling like you're understood. And, and he, uh, he used to do these workshops where he'd ask uh, adults if they truly felt understood by their parents when they were growing up. And, and in a room of 300, two people put up their hands. And, and he started talking about his own journey of, of wanting to feel understood. And, and when that started to happen in his life, a holy experience developed from it. And, and again, I just want to just... Uh, honor this weekend as a retreat and the importance of just not just young people especially young people but all people having a place feeling understood Mm -hmm. and how that is just such a foundational building block to to having an experience of of something transcendent yeah and i think often the assumption from these weekends is that 
all we do is, I mean, there's some great games like apparently Hungry Hungry Hippos, like live Hungry Hungry Hippos. Yeah, yeah, apparently some people did that. Uh, there are games like that. There's lots of fun singing and various things like that. There's uh, perhaps uh, eating pizza. We think of uh, that being associated with youth ministry and things. But there's something much deeper that that happens at these events, and that is the, the relationships that developed. Do you guys feel like this is a place where your soul is being nurtured? Do you feel like this yeah. is... All right, good. Um, and that's, that's such a key piece, I think, because so often we think about youth ministry as being something that's just, it's only about play, but I think that the relationships that happen here, the, the conversations that can happen in this space related to faith and just life, um, those are the things that are really important. So that's why I'm glad that, uh, that Youth Forum exists, and I hope that you're glad that Youth Forum exists for that reason, too. So now we want to hear from some young people. We've heard your voice, you're cheering here, but uh, we want to hear some, uh, uh, some of your thoughts on what it means to be a part of not only this community, uh, but to be a part of the, the wider church and, and maybe what it means to be a part of your individual churches and things. So uh, we're going to take some time and, uh, and hear some of those uh, thoughts uh, here in the podcast. Looking forward to it. Um, I think one of the really important things about um, making the services more youth-oriented, and we discussed like having more music that relates to youth, and also having a program for youth, because a lot of the times when people are in um, service and they hear people write amazing sermons, but it's hard to connect that, because a lot of the times they're at different stages of their life, and it's hard for youth to apply that to their life. And being able to have that time to like go off on your own and discuss things that really do come back to your everyday life is really important, I think, for building our youth in our churches and helping develop the church. And here we had a chance to uh, hear from the Youth Forum President for London Conference, uh, Madison, who had some things to share with us about uh, the experience of, of Youth Forum and what that can do for a young person. Uh, well, I feel that Youth Forum does a beautiful job of building confidence in teenagers. I think uh, right now in our society, teenagers go through a really hard time in high school where you're kind of trying to figure out who you are and also being judged on what that process looks like for you and who you are at that time. Um, for my personal experience, Youth Forum built a great deal of confidence in me, helped me learn a lot more about myself and my faith, um, and in turn has helped me lead other youth in finding that spot. And I think building the youth's um, confidence and voice in our church is the most impactful thing we can do to teach youth about the further church and not just their faith, but the almost the business side of the church uh, will do wonders for us because we'll have a group of people who come into their years leading the church educated and um, Ready to, ready to lead those things and ready to teach the next generation. So I think by nurturing our younger generations, we have put ourselves in a good position for the future. And I think that's the positive impact Youth Room has done in my own life and my life in my faith community. So now I think we're going to go with with crazy ideas for the church. I think we want to hear, the, and and there's no idea 
that's too crazy. So I so let's let's talk about some ideas that you maybe have for the church. And I'm thinking, wouldn't it be cool to have? I'm just thinking off the top of my head, uh, a church that is a food truck, and it just travels around, and it becomes like this traveling roadshow food truck church. Yeah, we can. So there's an idea. Has anybody got like ideas related to that? A crazy ideas for what we could do with church, whether it's in worship or just church in general. Okay, this is just real small. I think it'd be super easy idea. Have a foosball table in coffee time. So anyone, anywhere could say, you, you, Winifred, it's you and me. We're on. Winner gets the next cup of coffee. Who knows? Okay, what do we think of foosball in the... All right, extending on that idea? You can mix it up, too. You can have air hockey, ping pong, uh, like things like that, pool, you know, all kinds of games down there. Make it something that's like a full games thing, you know, just for anyone to play whenever instead of having like an actual date for it. It would be dangerous if my wife and I had Papa Shot there, I think, so. <laughs> okay, other uh, another crazy idea. So uh, we were thinking that instead of pews... Uh, hard woman wooden benches we could uh put in some couches there some very comfortable and hospitable couches yeah lazy boys some reclinables (laughs) stuff like that yeah so a comfortable church experience there might be people falling asleep during the sermon but sleep is good right that's ah yes I think sleep church could be a thing, right? Like it just one service a week where you just come and it's just you're invited. Have a nap. Have a nap. It's okay, right? <laughs> Hammocks in church. Yes, that would be fantastic too. Okay, hold on. We've got another crazy idea. Um, I know some people that I actually get pretty hungry during church so they could have like snacks like popcorn and stuff. Amazing. I think it would be amazing if like every church could have their own meditation room where if you're having a day or you're having one of those services where it's touching on a really deep note where you can just go and debrief yourself with some finger labyrinths and some soft music just to relax. I like that. Awesome idea, yeah. We got another one. What about a treetop church? Because we often talk about how amazing you feel connected to God out in nature. You know how you can go on those high treetop walks where you walk out there, and if there were, like, you know, things way up in the trees, you could totally feel the presence of God and also be singing some great songs with some friends and totally connecting. I'm picturing sort of like, yeah, that's a great one. I think even, like, have, like, a zipline church. You could do, like, Stations of the Cross via zipline. Yeah, <laughs> each stop is a, uh, yeah, that would be great. Uh, I'm thinking adult coloring books for those days when you can't sit still during service. Yes. Awesome idea, that's great. This is great, we're generating some really good ideas here. All right, so coloring books. This is good. Doug's got an idea. Okay, I heard somebody say, uh, talking about the kitchen, we all know that sometimes the best parties are when you're just hanging out in the kitchen. What if you had a service in the kitchen and you make something, you eat, you, you discuss issues and you, and you get, uh, you know, some prayer in there, some faith discussion and, and, the, and then you eat. Yeah, we really got to work on you, you make the food, you eat the food. 
That's amazing. Yeah. Just like, yeah, I could see setting up a sanctuary, just like a kitchen, right? Yeah. That's awesome. I know there are some churches that do this, but I would love to see more youth in leadership, serving on boards, serving on different committees, and also being encouraged to participate in more of the pastoral care that happens, because I think youth really have a great energy and a wonderful healing vibe that I think can be helpful, and uh, also to bring dogs into more places of um, recovery and also more pastoral care. See, I'm just thinking of a whole dog church, just dogs... Just only, only dogs, like canine church. And, you know, I think that really we've missed the obvious, that we really need to change most of our churches into bouncy castles and uh, spend most of the service bouncing around in the bouncy castle. So what a great opportunity to, uh, to spend some time with some incredible young people uh, in the church at the Youth Forum event. Um, just thought we'd sort of reflect on that uh, time that we had with them. And uh, what are your thoughts, uh, Doug, as we uh, ponder uh, that time together with them? Right away, I just, I'm always in awe of just how much fun the environment is, that, that no-pressure environment for the youth, the, the liveliness that comes out of just making new friends, the spirit of positivity. And, and I must say, uh, I'm just so impressed with, with this year's Youth Forum president, uh, Madison. Just, just uh, we really heard it in her, a sense of call, a sense of ministry, of wanting to put in others, plant seeds in others, and nurture in others, uh, that, that when you're a teen and you come to this place of retreat, this, this place of holy mountaintop, that you are going to experience something away from the regular pressures of your regular everyday lives. And, and, uh, and that experience was holy for me, and, and it's going to be holy for you too. I just want to say good on her. Yeah, and I, I think that the challenge with events like Youth Forum, because they happen so often within the church, I guess they maybe not as frequent as they once did uh, when we were growing up in the church and, and other folks that, uh, that have experienced church in years past, uh, but I think the challenge for the church uh, is to to not just find ways to do events like that again and again, but to say, what what is it about these events like Youth Forum, where youth feel a connection to one another, they feel like they're being spiritually nourished. I think there's often an assumption that that's the only place where that can happen, but I think that we can find ways to um, to leverage what happens in the context of a, of a Youth Forum environment and to find ways in order to introduce. That intimacy is is hard to duplicate when you've got a church setting where you meet on a Sunday morning as opposed to having a weekend together, and especially an extended weekend. But I, I think our churches do need to find ways to say, how can we engage young people in a way where we're connecting with them in a deep way, where we're engaging them in questions? And uh, and often it's just, it's a matter of just taking those first few steps and each week having an opportunity to say, we're going to make our this church experience an experience where uh, where young people feel like they're heard, where they feel like they're uh, loved, uh, that th- the place of where they're gathering for worship together is a place where they 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 want their voice is heard and and people want to listen to them. I think that's such a key part to, to this because that's what we hear over and over again. It's that connection that's made at Youth Forum that makes all the difference uh, in the world. 
Yeah, for sure. And I think that one of the really interesting things in terms of these experiences where we are having all of these young people together is the chance to be in an environment that is a little bit separate from your church community and then meeting other people from other churches. And I know for myself, when I was in my late teens and I first went to the community of Taizé in France, it was really interesting to be in contact with people from lots of different denominational backgrounds, whether they were Catholic or Anglican or Orthodox, and kind of recognizing that in terms of their experiences that we had this shared experience of being in relationship with Christ, with God, that we all had difficulties with our home churches, but there was something beyond what uh, we were experiencing there. And I felt like that kind of refreshed me to be able to go back into the church. And I see that too at places like Youth Forum, because there are young people coming together from different congregations. Maybe they feel kind of alone because a lot of congregations right now don't have a ton of youth, but to be with other people and to see that, okay, I'm not alone in this and that this is something worth deepening and growing in terms of my faith and relationship with the church. I think that that's so, so important. And I think one of the things that really facilitates that is, um, some of the games and stuff that we ended up doing together at Youth Forum. And I think you heard that in terms of the interviews that we were doing in terms of having foosball in the church, having sort of a sense of fun, because that can kind of break down some of the barriers. And I don't know if you guys find that in terms of some of the, your experiences with church in terms of almost the gamification uh, of church. It's kind of a weird thing to talk about, but I think that it allows us to to open up new ways of thinking about church in terms of how we're playful together. And Yeah, I think that uh, we definitely have to leverage play. I guess the question is, how do we, do we bec become a, a, you know, an organization or, or uh, an institution that's just about recreation? Uh, or which I think is, you know, you look back into the you know, 50s and 60s when we were growing and things, it was this desire to want to make a location within the community where people could come and play. And there's something helpful about that. But in some ways, it hurt us because we forgot who we were. Mm -hmm. And so play is important. Um, in the context of, of a faith community, but I think that it needs to go further than that, and that can't be like the first and foremost piece. But but it, it I think yeah, definitely play is uh, is an important part of it for sure. And play often has the the beginnings of good relationship building, and and the beginnings of good team dynamics, and the good uh, beginnings of how to interact with neighbor properly to achieve a goal. And and just thinking about these youth, you know, Isaac to hear you talk about Taze and experiencing other denominations, other young people, it just makes me think of, of young people experiencing faith in a context where they're not the only ones. So often in our churches, uh, you know, Madison talked about kids feeling, young people feeling a lot of pressure in their day-to-day -day life. Uh, there's also this sense in churches, I think, where young people will say uh, they don't feel like it's their church, it's their parents' church. So that's another place that they experiences they experience a sense of loneliness. They come to a place like Taze, they come to a youth retreat like Youth Forum, all of a sudden they see a bunch of other young people, a critical mass of young people, where where young people are the dominant, young people are now exploring, exploring faith issues, so it becomes their faith. 
faith. They, they develop their faith. Uh, the church becomes their church. And, and uh, once you adopt that sense of this faith is my own, then you can take uh, what we find in Scripture where, where Christ gives the great commissioning, go out and make disciples now. And, and just the power uh, through experiencing uh, youth retreats like Youth Forum in, in the past, um, what happens now beyond Youth Forum is that you really experience these young people connecting on Facebook, connecting in other means, continuing the relationships uh, in their own worlds now, and knowing that whatever pressures they have in life, they always have this core group of faith-based people that that they know they can trust with the deepest uh, issues of faith discussion, uh, and by extension of that, they can trust with pastoral emergencies, pastoral issues, uh, times of hurt, times of vulnerability, and and just really help to be a healthy influence in their lives from then on. Sure. Yeah, and I think that some of the ways, too, that we end up building relationships is uh, through trusting young people as well, and that is something that I notice in places like Youth Forum and places like Teze is that there's also a room for young people to take on a leadership role. And I think sometimes when we think about youth ministry, it's almost like adults thinking about what they're going to, we're going to do youth ministry to kids um, or teens or youth or, or whatever. But it's something that needs to be collaborative. It needs to be something where we recognize that, okay, God is already at work in these young people. And so how are we going to listen for their gifts? Because they're probably going to also teach us something about what it means to be people of faith and to recognize that they have um, insights and gifts for leadership that we actually need in the church, not just something that's going to happen down the road, that it's, that it's already there and present in who they are and what Christ is doing in them. Do you know what, when I think about, just to sort of step aside and, and look at Teze and the success that they had there, it, it's funny to think about the fact that I think everybody has a strong opinion about what's going to bring young people into the church. And often it relates to things like, well, if we just played cool music, then that would that would do it, right? Like I, I think of that episode of The Simpsons where uh, uh, Reverend Lovejoy looks out, I think it's the episode where Bart becomes a faith healer and everybody like goes to his tent revivals. And uh, Lovejoy is preaching the one morning, looks up, and it's just the Flanders family out in front of him. And he's like, all right, time to pull out the heavy artillery and pulls out an acoustic guitar and starts singing Michael Row the Boat Ashore. If it's as if that's going to bring people back. And I think that's the mindset of a lot of folks as it relates to to youth ministry. Uh, but perhaps it's showing, you know, trust in people it, and it's it's establishing relationships. And it's clear that uh, the Teze people, they're just being authentically who they are and allowing young people to come into that environment and to engage in these deep relationships where, yeah, it just can, there's a level of authenticity there that I think is missing from a lot of our places of faith. So that's, I think, a key piece for me is, is remembering that it's not some gimmick that's going to solve the problems of the church, especially as it relates to youth ministry, but it's going to be relationships, I think. It's going to be the relationships of trust where, and, and often it's play that leads to that. Maybe it's, you know, working working and making baguettes or something like that. Uh, <laughs> something like that, I think, leads to, to a, a deeper sense of who we are. Yeah, for sure. And I think, for me, one of the things that was the most important when I was there was having this sense of continuity between 
they really trusted God. Like Brother Roger, the guy who started the whole community, went and basically went into this rural area where there was nothing. Started It was in the middle of World War II, started welcoming people in who were um, Jewish people who were hiding from the Nazis. Like It was really intense, but he trusted that God was doing something and was calling him to do something. And that trust led to his sense of trust in the young people around him, the brothers that he created a community with, the uh, the other monastic orders that come and help out in those places. And I think that's been really important for me just in ministry in general in terms of working in youth ministry right now is having a sense of, okay, how do I establish patterns of trust in my faith life? And then I think that that just kind of automatically spills over into a sense of trust in the young people around us, rather than being that kind of gimmicky, how do we get them here uh, sort of a mentality? Because when you go that route, that isn't really a place of trust. It's a place of fear in terms of looking at the, the demographics rather than just trusting what God's doing. It almost sounds like like Brother Roger influenced and, and planted in, in the, those who experienced Hesse, the, this sense that God is being playful with us yeah. in developing things and in making things come about. I, I hear uh, us talk uh, about um, the, this sense of do you, do you throw away what's sacred in the church to, to appear to be cool to young people? Um, and I'm just reminded of a, a quote I heard in, in seminary by a couple different professors. I never knew who the, uh, who the actual person who said this was. It was always quoted as anonymous. But the quote is that um, tradition is the living faith of the dead and traditionalism is the dead faith of the living. I always need to say that twice. Tradition is the living faith of the dead. Traditionalism is the dead faith of the living. And and what you want to impart on this next generation is that what we have in this thing called faith in our faith tradition is quite beautiful and it can be it's beautiful for us and can be beautiful for you. Uh, but but it's time to to make that living faith of tradition your own. Well, that's it for our time, boys, and uh, we uh, thank you for listening to the Illuminate Faith podcast, and we encourage you to uh, to uh, interact with us uh, via social media. Uh, you can follow us uh, on our Twitter account, uh, at Illuminate Faith. Uh, you can uh, follow us through Facebook as well, and uh, on SoundCloud, and uh, subscribe via iTunes. So we encourage you to join us next week, and we look forward to, uh, to engaging in some deeper conversations about what it means to be a person of faith, and what it means to be a part of uh, these communities of faith. So thank you gentlemen for being a part of this and we will catch you next time.